All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. I'm going to hit the town. Okay, mic check on. Hey, and the timer's running. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls who are gathering around your radios from all across the planet, this is the podcast you've been waiting for. That's right. We had a three-part series podcast where you, the fans, asked the questions. You guys wrote down hundreds and hundreds of questions all over the different platforms. And we here at Gen X Talks wrote them down, asked them answered them, and put them out for you. The first one was me, Gen X Dad. We got all that one out of the way. The second one was the kid. He had some very profound answers for a child. I was pretty impressed. And the moment you've all been waiting for, the third podcast. The questions for Gen X Mom. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. Are you ready for this, dear? No. <laughs> Because I have no idea what anybody's going to ask. No, because I did give you the question. She's a little pissy before. She's like, wait a second. I don't get to hear the questions. No. There's going to be a lot of dead air. <laughs> and not the good kind. All right. Well, Adam T. says he would like, as just his name was Adam T. Yes, I'm going to read your guys' names for what I can. I'm not going to give you first and last name. But if when there's when it's appropriate, I'll do it and then read the question. So. Adam T. says, tell us about yourself. I'm, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, if you had to write a quick, like a one paragraph, this is me, Adam would like you to, to tell. All right. I am, uh, I identify as female. <laughs> do not. Do not go. I swear to Christ, I will end this podcast uh, right now. I was born June 6th, 1968. Um, grew up in the San Fernando Valley in a little town of Sun Valley. Isn't that kind yeah. of funny? Um, went to a private school from kindergarten through 12th grade. Went off to college for a few years. And then I decided I wanted to work for a while. Um, I became a mom. I am a mom of eight children, uh, two grandchildren, and um, the wife of Gen X Dad and the mom of Gen Z Kid. Well, that's a nice way to start. You just uh, notice how you saved the best for last there with me, but that's okay. We'll get with that. Was that enough information? That was fine. Just to get, let everybody get going here. Cause everyone's settling in right now. I know, but everyone's going to sit back. I don't know what they want to know. It's just. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, Jerry wants to ask if how would you describe yourself in high school. Were you nerdy? Were you outgoing? Kind of what was your personality during high school? I was kind of like middle of the road. Um, Gen Z kid reminds me of me. I could get along with the popular kids. I can get along with the nerdy kids, the sporty kids. Um, I was highly involved in high school. Well, I you practically did, you did lived play sports, there. Right? You did. Yeah, do. I did um, cheerleading or drill team is what they called it back then. Um, uh, I made the basketball team, but then quit. That was in the winter. I just needed a break. Um, then I played varsity softball for four years in the springtime. Yeah, so I lettered. was really 
Yeah, I lettered in both sports. Yeah. It was and cheerleading was considered a sport. I mean, so I that you don't, but you don't classify yourself as more on the jock side. You still think you're kind of middle of the road. I had a tomboy side, but like I said, I kind of got along with everybody. I did, but there wasn't any clique that I was like a part of. So you told us you were born in 1968. So that gives everybody an idea on how old you really are. But there was a girl named Marianne who says she wants to know, because she's been following us for a while, she knows that you've been through cancer, she knows you've been through eight children, she knows that you've put up with my dumbass for (laughs) 20-some years, what she wants to know is, how old do you really feel? Um, Inside, I feel like I'm late 30s. On the outside, physically... (laughs) There are days I feel like I'm 60, (laughs) Um, but uh, I am blessed to be here, so on my good days, I try to uh, keep on going. All right, so talking about that topic on how you feel and what you've been through, um, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment in life? Beating cancer. And give me a brief synopsis on how that happened, how you found out. And then how you got to where you are today beating it. So um, in March of 2013, I, I had a full physical done, meaning all blood work and everything. I had Gen Z kid late in life at 37, and I promised myself that I would go to the doctor every year for a physical because I wanted to be around as he got older. Right. So that was part of my routine. Um, So in March of that year, I was perfectly fine. Come August, all the kids went back to school. And like all moms, you know, they pick up bugs when they get back to school and came home and we were all getting sick with this cold and I picked it up too. Right. Come Labor Day in September, we were out of town for Labor Day weekend and I just was not kicking this cold and I was exhausted and and I just knew that, it was probably going into a sinus infection. So I went back to the doctor. They said, we'll treat you with antibiotics. Went through one round of antibiotics, still didn't feel good. Went back, they did another round. So that's four weeks of antibiotics and I was feeling worse than I was at the beginning. At the end of, uh, near the end of September, I started to develop these red looking bruises at the bottom of my legs. And like everybody nowadays, I start Googling and the worst case scenario was leukemia. And I was like, no way. I remember being on the phone with my mom saying, mom, I'm really sick. There's something wrong. When you, when you learn to listen to your body, you kind of know that there's something wrong. So I had to be an advocate and I pushed the issue and said, I need a blood test. I mean, they were just giving me antibiotics and I wanted a blood test. Right. They, I went in on a Monday, they did a blood test. Within 24 hours, I received a phone call from the doctor and I know exactly where I was when that happened. I had picked up our son from football practice at the high school and I was driving him home and I looked at my phone and it was the doctor's office. Knowing full well I had just done my blood test the day before and that's not a good sign. No, when they call, if there's a problem, they call within 24 hours. So we pulled off on the side of the road and he was sitting there and he heard the whole conversation and they told me to go directly home, do not pass go, do not collect $200 and go to bed. They did not want me to pick up a knife because my blood count was so low. So I came home, um, 
told Gen X dad, I went upstairs. I had to be at the doctor's office at like eight o'clock Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, we both went. The kids went to school. Yeah, I we went, went with to you. the doctor's I, yeah, office. I drove you there. And they informed me I had leukemia. I, I was shocked, but I wasn't surprised because I, I had kind of done some looking well, into I it. I remember that office visit. I remember two things that the doctor said. First thing was she looked at you. And she's known you a very long time. Yes. You, you guys are good friends. Yes. And she said, it is not a death sentence. That is correct. The second thing she said is drive straight over to this particular oncologist. Right. Don't wait six weeks for an appointment. Drive there now. And well, the reason being is because we had a PPO. I didn't have to wait for a referral. She right. said, she goes, do you still have a PPO? And I said, yes. She goes, okay, I'm going to go make a phone call. She was able to get me into the oncologist that afternoon. So we went, and that was a Wednesday. So that Wednesday, I went into the oncologist. I had a bone marrow biopsy done that afternoon. By an hour or two, we knew exactly what kind of leukemia we had. Yeah, it was acute myeloid leukemia. That's AML. And he looked me in the eye and told me I had three months to live. Now. I told you we were just going to touch on this, and you. I know. Well, <laughs> that's going, my story. You're going down every. So let's stop there, and we'll just skip ahead to the part where you had rounds of chemotherapy. You were in and out of the hospital, um, and then when you were done, you well, there was some scary stuff that happened, miracles that happened, and you finally beat it. And it was January 10th, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, 2014. Well. No, it was no. a year later. It was 2015 when that would have been your first year past yeah. it. So, yeah. um, And then you've just been going progressively better all the time since then, right? Yeah, well, yes. Uh, no, first, no, there was no relapses. No, 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 no. I went into remission, and then they told me if I reached my five-year mark, that I had a 99% chance of total recovery, right. which we are now climbing into... Um, almost 10 years now. Yeah, you've done it. You've done a good job with that. So, all right. So, and, and the reason I'm not, I'm not trying to be coy as I skip over the leukemia stuff, but, um, Gen X mom has been eager to and agreed to, she wants to tell on a podcast, the leukemia story from beginning to end. And we're going to have to try to remember some stuff. Plus, um, Dr. McDreamy, who you all know, um, was an instrumental part in helping her. And he would very much like to be part of the podcast too. Yes. He has asked me if he could sit in and give his perspective as a doctor of you know thirty yeah. years. There's so many details, and I I really want to let people hear everything. I feel, you know, they don't tell you so much information when you are diagnosed with cancer. The before, during, and after of cancer. So that's a whole another podcast we have to go through. So that would be your greatest accomplishment, beating cancer, because that was the original question. Well. Yeah, I would say so. Right. I, I truly believe beating cancer is a form of torture. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So I believe, yes, that is my greatest accomplishment. Terry M. from YouTube wants to know, in all seriousness, he's leaning in and asking you, Gen X mom, what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't like Klondike bars. Wow. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the podcast is over. I didn't realize my wife was un-American. 
I can't stand I for this. Know. There's a sun. They just taste a little off. I, I don't, don't know what I it know. is. I don't like them either. Well, I don't think we've ever bought Klondike bars in this house. Maybe once, but I, I don't either. When it was my turn to be asked questions, and someone asked me that, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I said nothing. But so I, nothing. I said I'd do some pretty shady stuff for a chili dog, though. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> say nothing. I'm sorry, you guys. I just there's something off on those bars. I don't know what they are. Oh. All right. So next question is. Uh, from Melissa, uh, they she wants to know, and I'm assuming this is in high school, but it could be after high school, something that you did that you got away with that your parents never found out about and you're thankful they never knew. Street racing. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, well, everybody, that wasn't with me, just so you know. So No, it wasn't with Gen X dad. Street racing. Your mother would have killed you. My dad would your have killed Your dad me. would have killed the guy. They still don't know. Well, now it doesn't matter. They're both gone, so yeah. I'm good. I'm We're, safe. <laughs> okay. Where did you street race? Um, the San Fernando Valley. Um, now, when oh, you say man. hold on, when you say street race, we when when uh, this is before you and I were together in high school. Um, I would street race with muscle cars in a straight line, like drag race. That's not what you you didn't. Yeah, you, it was a straight line, but it was on a street. Like you yeah. were hoping that. Cars didn't come Cars out. Cars didn't come out <laughs> on the side streets. It was from uh, Rinaldi. I don't know if it was Balboa. It was up the mountain, like up the hill to the park. There was a park at the end, and you had to race all the way. If you if you hit the park, you were you won. You were at the end, yeah. And what did you race? What kind of car was it? It was a Toyota Corolla. I didn't drive. I what was a the, piece of shit. I know. I drove a Mustang guy, or a Camaro or The a guy that I was dating at the time was part of a car club. Oh, wow. A car club. That was how... Did he get his nails done before he started his street racing? That was racing the late 80s. And his freaking little Toyota. I'm it was so pretty fast, but... I'm so disappointed in you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, set, you set the bar really low. <laughs> I don't think my parents would have been happy with that. No, that was that yeah. was rolling the dice. We we could have been in some serious accidents with that. Yep, you could have. Uh, do you have uh, now? That that was a pretty quick answer for you, by the way. You knew that one. This is kind of the opposite side of the same question. I don't know if you can answer it quite as quickly. The they want to know. Tell one time your parents caught you doing something you shouldn't have done. Oh, I have a story. All right, go. Um, I was in high school, and uh, we always did what was called a fifth quarter. I know there's only four quarters in a football game, but when we threw a party, it was called the fifth quarter. And we were all supposed to be at this um, church auditorium place, and I was newly... On drill team, I had an older friend that drove at the time, and it was kind of boring, the party, and she really wanted to go see this guy, um, you know, in town somewhere or whatever. Uh She (laughs) convinced me to go with her, and I was like, well... So wait, you're setting up the story to be that she was the bad influence. Is that what you're trying to tell everybody? Okay, all right. So she she didn't want to go alone. Um, He wasn't a part of the the football team that was there or whatever. And so we left the party and we drove um, to this kid's house and I I wanted nothing to do with his friends or him or whatever. I was just there for her. We were there way too long. And by the time I got back to the church parking lot, my dad was standing at the door 
Okay, there is no way. I know I knew your dad. There's no way you could have sat and gone, listen, dad, she went to see a guy, not me. She was doing stuff, not me. There is no way you can convince your dad that you were just sitting there innocently sitting on the couch with your hands folded for two hours. There's not a chance. No, he pulled the silent treatment on me. He just said, get in the car. And we're going home. And I remember sitting in the car and he was quiet. He didn't ask any questions. When my dad was quiet, you knew he was mad. Um, we got home. He still wouldn't talk to me. He told me to go to my room. I was in my room. Guilt was just like killing me. <laughs> he knew how to get to me. And I finally, I went into their room and I apologized. And he told me how disappointed he was and how embarrassing it was for him to walk in there looking for me and couldn't find me and had no idea. Wow. We didn't have cell phones back nope. there. So he had no idea where I was. And I was just bawling. So yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. And I never really did anything bad after that from that you know from that point on did you did your dad ever spank you were you spanked as a child ever yes were you um they you know they've taken that away from everybody now yeah. parents aren't allowed to spank he didn't, kids. not much but yeah there were a couple times uh uh susan uh wants to know what is the most challenging part now that you can look back what is the most challenging part of being a brand new mom a brand new mom. What are the first things you remember now that you can look back and go, wow, that's scary. That was hard. What, what, what was the most difficult part? If, if you were going to explain one thing to a brand new mom or an expectant mom, now that you've raised eight kids, what would you tell them? You're not going to get much sleep. <laughs> that's it? That's the... Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's really the hardest part is that learning that you have to change your schedule to the child for a while. Right. I mean, when they're brand new. And then it's the slow adjustment of changing them to your schedule. So that part's hard. Um, the lack of sleep is very difficult. You get can get frustrated really easy when did you're it, tired. Did it get easier with each kid or is it still the same? I think at the beginning it was still, but I think the transition to putting them on your schedule, which hopefully most people do. You want the child to adapt to you. You don't want to adapt to the child. All right. That's good that's advice. My, that's my advice. The hardest part is I never liked potty training. Oh, I think potty training is so hard. <laughs> okay. Well, then, how, then answer this. The next one is here from Linda. She said, how, how much of a challenge was it really? Since you're talking about raising children, conforming those children to your schedule, getting them going, what was it like trying to raise eight children? Because, and the reason she's asking, she's well aware and she knows that you had, at one point, eight children from 11 years old down to an <laughs> infant. Now, how do you do that? How do you adapt all of them to your schedule? Organization, <laughs> which I have a funny story because when I was younger, I'm sure many can relate. And my mom used to tell me all the time, I was just a, I don't want to say a dirty teenager, but I didn't keep my room clean. I was pretty unorganized. Um, and my mom laughed when I ended up with eight children and organization was the number one key to <laughs> keeping everyone on schedule. Um, it was challenging for sure. I'm not, there was no perfect time. There were times that I messed up, but having a calendar, I had a calendar with me 
at all times. Well, you had kids in four different schools at one time. Yes. And, and, you, and you learned to say no to some things. Like there was no way I could attend open house, yeah. you know, or I couldn't go to meet the teacher night. I, um, you couldn't do them all. No. You just learned to say no. There's sometimes you have to just say All right, no. That sounds fair. All right. So here's this is kind of a rambling thing. This is a, the next part here is kind of a conglomeration of stuff people have asked. So um, I'm going to ask you a specific question, and you just give me your best answer, if you know it. Um, just kind of a shout-out. You don't got to think. Uh, in the fast food commercial, where's the beef from the 80s and late 80s? Where's the beef? What fast food restaurant was that? Wendy's. I think you're right. Finish the sentence. Big Mac filet of fish. Quarter pounder French fries. <laughs> What's I, the rest? Quarter pounder French fries. Icy Coke. I don't know. It was Big Mac filet of fish, quarter pounder French fries, Icy Coke, thick shake, Sundays. An apple. an apple pie. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You failed. You're no longer allowed to eat at McDonald's. I am no longer Jenna. <laughs> um, do you remember the name of a restaurant, an Italian restaurant that you could sit down in that served big, thick triangle, or I'm sorry, rectangle pizzas, sausage rectangle pizzas? I think it was out on Ventura Boulevard. Everybody in the valley grew up knew this place. It had a big, huge rectangle pizzas, and it was an Italian restaurant. I'm pretty sure it was on Ventura. Mm, I'm drawing a blank. Starts with a B. Still drawing a blank. Baronies. Oh, I don't think I eat there very much. Sorry. Wow. Okay. I That's liked Mike's Pizza in Panorama City. The one on Woodman? Yeah. Right by Kaiser? Yeah, the one that had the sawdust, sawdust on, on the, the floor. floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Shakey's. We always went to Shakey's Pizza after football Okay, games. you do realize you've missed two now. You're going to about ready to strike oh, out really and lose sorry. your Genix card. Uh, best chili dog in the valley. Cupid's. Uh, your favorite beach. Wait. Cupid's wasn't in the back. Tommy's. Tommy's. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Favorite beach to drive through when you were in high school? Beach to drive to? to drive oh, I thought to. you said through. No, favorite <laughs> beach to drive to? Azuma. Uh, your favorite club to go dancing at? The Palladium in Hollywood. I'm not going to ask how old you were because I know you weren't 21. Oh, no. No, they ha you could be over 18 at that time uh, to go to the Palladium. You weren't, even, you weren't 18 either, so stop. I was under 20. <laughs> <laughs> I was under 21. Okay. Uh, we went to the old spaghetti factory on, on, in Hollywood and then went to the Palladium and went dancing. The, you know who you went with? Did you go with that same girl that got you in trouble <laughs> yes. with your dad? See? <laughs> I, told, I just knew. <laughs> uh, for all of you out there in the audience who know Jenik's mom, that girl was Michelle. I won't give you her last name, but that was Michelle. She was trouble for Jenik's mom. Uh, your favorite holiday of the year and why? Um, it's got to be Christmas. Um, my mom always made Christmas special. It was our house was always decorated. We always had stockings up. Um, we always had family over. It it was just a magical time. We I, had I the same it. thing. It was just it was always my mother always decorated to the hilt, yeah. inside and out. We had special foods. We had friends and family over. I mean, it was an event. Yeah, it was bigger than any other holiday. Now, do you still feel that way now? Is your favorite holiday still Christmas now? Yes. Okay, well, there we go. That was easy. Uh, uh, what was your very first car? 
A 68 VW Bug. What color was it? Beige. Ew. Yeah, then I painted it white. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you, you had a car that was beige, and that's gross. And then you could paint it, and you decided white? But there's a story behind it. Why the hell would you paint it white? Well, there's a story behind the okay. VW. All right, go ahead. So my brother bought it. Now, my brother's 14 years older than me, so in... It must have been 71 he bought that 68 VW Bug. He drove it for a while. My brother used to flip cars like crazy. He sold it to my sister, who was two years younger than him. She drove it for a while. Then my dad bought it from her. Then my dad drove it forever until I was able to drive, and it was a stick shift. And there were times where my dad would be driving, and he taught me how to do the stick shift from the passenger seat. So I was Uh. doing it left-handed. So he's teaching me the sound yeah. of the engine before he put the clutch in. And so I was learning from sound first. And then That's I, actually a really brilliant way to teach somebody. Good, good job for yeah. your dad. So then um, he taught me behind the buildings how to drive stick. But I did not take my, my driver's license with a stick. I did not. With a Ford LTD, I did. <laughs> <laughs> So, and so so that became a family car. And then when I was done and I bought my first car, my dad bought it back from me. And it stayed in the family for a really long time. Now, you mentioned in that story, and I know this wasn't the point of the story, but I'm going to go ahead and tackle it anyway. You were 14 years younger than your brother and 12 years younger than your sister? Yes. Were you an accident? <laughs> That's no. not exactly family planning. No one plans to have, <laughs> let's have another kid 12 years after we're in the clear. Um, I was not planned, no. Then why'd you say no? I said, were you <laughs> I'm an just accident? teasing you. <laughs> I don't want to be called an accident. I think you were. And is there a story that goes along with this accident? Well, the story is, is that my mom attacked my dad in Vegas. Oh, is how so that went. You were a little Vegas souvenir. Your mom came home with it, her own little souvenir from Vegas. Yes. All right, and so, and they said I kept them young. So well, that's good. Yeah. Now you've talked a little bit about your dad. We mentioned that he would have just killed the street racing <laughs> kid. We've mentioned that he was very stern and strong with you. Yes. Uh, and why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your dad? I you were a daddy's girl, right? Big daddy's girl. Girl, okay. we spent a lot of time together. When my mom, when I went back to, when I got into school and into kindergarten, my mom wanted to go back to work. So she went back to work and she was working in downtown LA. So it took her, you know, 45 minutes to get to work one way. Um, So she didn't get home until about six o'clock. My dad got off at about 4.30 and, and we were together for a while. We were either cooking or... My dad was on a softball team, and that's where I learned how to play softball. So we would go to practice or to a game. Um, my dad, now that I, now as I'm older, I realize my dad was a pretty amazing man, and, and I didn't know that much about him. Um, my mom and dad grew up in Chicago. I'm going to try and make this short. Um, they got married. My mom was 18. My dad was 22. My dad had served um, two years in the Navy, and he was in the um, Naval Aviator Program in Pensacola. He was going to fly jets, but my mom told him she didn't want to be a naval wife, so he got out of the Navy and decided to go to aeronautical school at the University of Chicago on Navy Pier. Back then, in the 50s, you only needed a two-year 
degree to be an aeronautical engineer. And my dad became valedictorian of his class. When that wow. happened, he was given three opportunities to work for Lockheed. He was he was guaranteed a job. It wow. was either Georgia, uh, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, or um, Burbank. Burbank, California. And my mom had visited California once in her lifetime, and she loved it so much that she asked my dad to go. So my brother was born in Chicago, and six months later, they got on a plane with only a job, no housing, no family, no nothing, and flew out to California. And my dad began his job at Lockheed. No he, car either, just No you, car. You they nothing. walked. <laughs> wow. They got an apartment close enough where they my dad could walk. He the, Neither one of them drove because in Chicago, they just rode the L. Wow. So my dad got his driver's license and um, kind of the rest is history. But my dad worked his way up into the skunk works program at Lockheed. And he worked on the, um, the YouTube project. And then he went on to the SR-71, which ended up to be his baby for oh, forever, 25 yeah. plus years. That was his thing. And he was, uh, his title was flight test engineer. Can you imagine uh, being uh, instrumental? One of the guys that with the pencil on, on the paper to do, to build design and retrofit, you know, like your, like your dad would tell the story that the pilot would come, there's no computers back right. then. The pilot would come off the plane and your dad would stand out there on the runway and go, okay, what was it doing? How was the, how was it behaving? Yeah, but you got to realize I didn't know any of this when I was in grade school and high school. No. All this came about pretty close to his deathbed. Like 12 years ago, he started talking about stuff because he wasn't a top secret program. We were not allowed to leave the United States because it was during the Cold War and they didn't want my dad going to Europe and being caught. So I didn't know any of that. I mean, when, when you're little kids, you know, you always go, what does your dad do? And I'd go, well, he works at Lockheed. And that was about all I could tell anybody. So That's all you knew. You didn't really know anything. Yeah, so I didn't know how extensive and how brilliant my dad was because he worked on this plane with a slide rule and a pencil and a paper. Well, that was what I was going with my yeah. with my story was that your dad said that he would, he says there was no computers back then. No. You'd have to, he says I'd have to walk out to the pilot and ask him, how was the plane behaving at this speed? What did the plane do? Did it shudder? Did it bank correctly? Was it sloppy? Your dad would take all these notes on, right. on speed and, and dynamics. And of course they had some rec instrument recordings. Right. Then he would go back to his desk with a team of guys, like you said, in a slide rule. And figure out what changes. Sometimes need to be it was made. just on the fly. Sometimes it was just there on the tarmac. Wow. I mean, he didn't go. They would go. They were mostly at Edwards Air Force Base in California. They were up at Beale a lot. The SR seventy one flew out of Beale, and um, there it hasn't been confirmed. Except my dad said possibly, maybe he was at Area fifty one. Oh, so. he was. That's such a line <laughs> of bullshit. <laughs> so there's a lot of times he he did all those calculations. You know on the fly right there on the tarmac. So. so he was an amazing man and your mom was a secretary. <laughs> no, she was a school secretary, but oh, she was an administ so much better. administrative assistant. Yeah, she All did right. She did fine. <laughs> oh my God. And they were married for 56 years before my dad passed away. 
It's a long time. I haven't, even, I long haven't time. even been on this planet that long. <laughs> I haven't been breathing for 56 years, and they, they had a commitment of marriage for that long. That, yes. that amazes me sometimes. All right, so uh, uh, JM wants to know, when you were a teenager, were you one of those girls that used to dance in front of a mirror? To get better at dancing, would you dance in front of? They have those in high school movies and on TV. Did you do that? You turn up the music in your room and shut the door and Absolutely. dance. Absolutely, I was going to be a go-go. <laughs> I wanted to be part of the go-go so bad. So you did dance in front of a mirror. Yes, All I right. did, and sang. Um, the and sang- drove my parents crazy with the sound of the music. <laughs> now, you need to answer this honestly. Okay, I haven't been honest yet. Well, you continue to answer honestly. Okay, um, there's. Guys, and I will vouch for this, guys always hear stories about women, about girls. Now, most of it we probably make up in our head, like when there's sleepovers, you know, is there pillow fights? You know, do you do stuff like you guys make milkshakes? What do you do? All right. Every guy has heard girls talk about when they were growing up and they practiced kissing to learn how to kiss. Before you kiss a boy, you got to practice. So girls practice on a mirror, something like that. Did you ever practice kissing and on what um not an inanimate object no on the neighborhood boy down the street (laughs) (laughs) you just decided i need to learn how to kiss and you went come here yeah pretty much that's how that went what was his first name bobby (laughs) so your first practice kiss was on a boy yes wow (laughs) Okay, believe it or not, that explains a lot about you. I understand more now. Thank you for that. All right. You said to be honest. Magic Mountain or Disneyland? Disneyland. Two-part question. As a teenager or, um, you know, maybe in your 18, 19, 20 range, dinner and a movie out or home watching uh, TV, home dinner watching TV with a guy? Which way would you rather go? As a, as a young lady, as a 18 to 20 is. Out. Dinner and a movie out. Okay, and now, when you're old, dinner and a movie out, or stay home? Mm, Depends on my mood. Okay, that's fair. Um, If you could pick one, I almost said fictional person. I don't mean fictional person. Um, If you could pick um, somebody not in your circle, a movie star, a singer, a TV personality, somebody not who you don't know, who would you leave with if they came knocking on the door and said hey Genix mom <laughs> pack your bags we're going away for the weekend what one man would you like yep i'm going i'm leaving who would it oh, be? oh my gosh uh, um oh my gosh i'm um little choked up there. Was it too many to choose from? Or you can't picture anybody you'd like to leave well, with? Well, I mean, the name that's coming up in my head is just because I just saw the movie Tom Cruise, but I don't know. He He's, is way too short for you. He you is. do not like short guys. Um. So, no. What about I'm, your guy? You're that weirdo that was a comic and is a comedian. Now he's like all yoked out in, in, in Jack Ryan. I can't remember the dude's name. Oh, um. Like John the, Krasinski. Yeah, Theodore. I think he's hilarious. Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Um, Ryan Reynolds, maybe. Not Kaczynski? Mm, either one. What was the name of that guy that was in the, the last ship who was the commander? And you thought he was... Oh, we just went through that. I can't remember yeah. his name. Eric something. Eric, um, 
Dean, Eric, Eric, Dean, Eric, Dan, Eric. I don't know. Is he on your list? Oh yeah, he's on my list. (laughs) That was a. I like guys with darker hair with some gray on them. Yeah, distinguished looking. I've I've got I've got dark hair. Look right here. I've got some gray. Tall. I'm tall. I fit the bill so far. We're doing good. I'm two for two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Used to be George Clooney. uh, Yeah, you did like George. He's not bad. Uh, what is the most attractive physical feature on a man? His arms. You, you didn't even have to think. You can, you, you can drag this out a little bit. No, arms. <laughs> wow. Name, not, I think that's kind of rare because I never know. You know who else talks about that all the time with who? great Mrs. Four? Really? It's arms. Arms for her. Mrs. Four, it's arms, arms, arms. Yeah, the whole yeah. way through. Um, one plate. I know you have many. I don't want to hear your list. But just pick one. One place you would really like to visit before you die. Hungry. Because of your ancestors. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you guys a little bit about that just real fast because she'll, 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 she's got a lot to say. But basically, um, when I talked to her mother about this, first of all, um, Jenik's mom is 100% Hungarian. Her parents are both 100% Hungarian. She is like uh, Doc Holliday had a girlfriend named Kate who was a Hungarian devil, as he called her. Well, I have one too. And uh, as the story goes from listening to her mom, her family was actually royalty. They like you know they they had titles like I don't know if it was king and queen or prince and princess or whatever the thing was. They were royalty. They had money. They had a castle. They had things, and it all got wiped out in World War II when Hitler rolled through town and uh, and crushed everything and stole all the artwork and kind of dethroned everybody. So, but up until that point, they actually had. So technically, you guys. I married a princess. Well, the kind, the story kind of goes that Hungary was a very poor nation, um, and my great grandfather at that time had money and was offering his last name to the orphans that were around there. So back in Hungary, the last name was Tomas, and um, he would he would scoop up the orphans and provide for them and clothe them and feed them and so there is a church supposedly named after him in Hungary. Really? Yes. That would be interesting. So I would really like to go see that and see my grandmother's home. Yeah. That would be nice. All right. So that's your answer, Hungary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got to choose how you were going to die, if you got to pick where and when. And how? What would you choose? In my bed, in my home. Just like my mom just did. It was beautiful. Is there any more to that? Like mass murdered in your bed, in your home? No, you quietly. Oh, like, there we go. <laughs> as long as it's my in my family bed, and, I don't care. With my family by my side. Okay, well, that's yes. better. You didn't say how. You just like, as long as I'm in my bed, I'm fine. It's like, well, what if someone's shooting you? Well, as long as I'm in my bed, no, I'm okay. No, 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 no. Peacefully in my sleep. Okay, there you that. go. Or, yeah. All right. Now, here is a, it's a simple question. I already know the answer, but I'm, I'm obligated to ask it. If you were to do your life over again, what they want to know, this is AR, he would like to know if you would still pick Jenik's dad. Absolutely. Do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Did you hear <laughs> any hesitation? 
That is what $10 will buy you because I slid a $10 bill across the table <laughs> during that question. She knew. No, all right then. Well, let me tell them why because okay. maybe women want to know why. Um, I feel safe with him. I know that sounds kind of weird maybe to some, but I don't worry about being out in the world, whether it's by myself or with him, knowing that he's a phone call away or, or he's with me or standing next to me. I have, I know that there is no situation out there that he couldn't get me out of. And that is a wonderful, wonderful trait to have um, a very comforting trait to know. I wonder if that's common with other women. I wonder if other women agree with you and say, yes, I'm, I'm very safe with my guy. Or if some women say, man, I wish I love my guy, but I really wish I felt a little more secure in that. I wonder, I wonder if that is a thing with people. I, I mean, don't know, I don't but know. that's just me. This is just, this is just how I always felt like safe with my dad. Yeah. Um, and they always say, you know, you marry somebody just like your father or something. Um, and I did. I never feared my home, like somebody would ever break in. Yeah. I felt safe with my dad. My well, dad always took care of his family. So they, they, you know, our daughters, we, we've interviewed our daughters. Gen Z kid has also interviewed his sisters um, on some of the previous podcasts. And that's one thing that they've talked about. That was like one of the number one things that his sisters had said. So our, our daughters have said they really felt safe at home. They really knew that when I was around, they felt secure. Yeah, I think when you feel that way, everything else kind of like falls into place. Um, but feeling that way, I, I've become a stronger person too. Like you've taught me how to be a better woman, wife, person in this world as a female and to ask questions and not be fearful. Yeah. And that You've, is really, that's, that's really important. I don't want to use the term, if I, if I use the term, yeah, you've really come a long way. That, that sounds very condescending, so I'm trying to say it correctly. Um, you've grown or you've matured sounds horrible also. Boy, there's just Learned. Some, I think I've just I learned. I just think you've changed. You've become so much of a stronger person uh, since us, since, you know, all those yeah. hundreds of years ago. You've become something you you ask questions you didn't used to you challenge things that you didn't used to you know you don't just let I think it comes with experience you. too of things that have happened like i want to say mistakes but things that you've uh, choices that you've made in life and you were like man maybe yeah. i should have went right instead of left and then when you come up to that situation experience makes you think about it a little bit well and maybe it's i've not done that and i do the thing that you absolutely hate which is, is when you ask me or want a decision i'm the one that goes hold on i hate when you tell me i'm think about that or yeah something. i need i need to process i now i stop i don't move on emotion anymore right i agree with that if i'm emotional i'm not going to make a decision you don't move at all sometimes i'll ask you a question <laughs> and you're like let me have time to think about it a day goes by. All right, what do we do? I'm still processing. A third day goes by, and she'll say, I'm still considering. And I have to look at her and go, you know, I was. I asked you where you wanted to go for dinner three <laughs> nights ago. Okay, You're a little bit past the point of decision. I tell you, I have to, at this moment, considering the conversation, I feel it's only appropriate to quote one of the greatest philosophers of our time, Iceman from Bodfish. When you hear a situation like this from a woman, 
It's very simple. You ready? Chicks, man. <laughs> Chicks. I think slowing my thought process down and really thinking about it um, has helped me make better decisions as I've gotten older. I would agree with that. Okay, so there are two really popular questions left. Okay. They're kind of embarrassing. These have been hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these are embarrassing. These are a little bit embarrassing. I will understand okay. if you don't have the guts to answer them. And I'm not asking them like, oh, there's a rant. I mean, literally. Somebody wants to know? Yes. I want to say. Or do you want to know? I already know the answers to both of them. I already know. Okay, so but somebody these, out there wants to know this. Right, not just somebody. The first question, I bet I had 85 people ask the same question. What? Yeah. The second question was only for people that know you or, you know, they're, they're in tune with Gen X talks and they know Gen X mom. And they, so they, they, they know to ask this question, probably 25 or 30. All right. All right. Well, let's see what so it is. The first one, the most popular. <laughs> I'll probably go, let me think about it. <laughs> Great. We'll get back to you in three days, listening audience. Um, the first one is simple. Everybody wants to know. 85 people wrote down the same question. Um, where and when were the circumstances when you first became intimate with a guy? Um, my boyfriend's house. Uh, we had dinner, and it was in front of a fireplace. It was. It where were been, his parents? It could have been almost perfect. What, wait a second. Your boyfriend had a house. Well, his parents' house. Okay, so they were home. I mean, oh it, no, it, they were gone. His dad was divorced. Okay, now we're getting. And he I, he might have been on a date for all I know, and and um, yeah, one thing led to another. We had dinner, uh, fire was going. And Your first you time was in front of a fireplace. Yeah. Oh, it's almost storybook <laughs> sickening. <laughs> and that was after like you know six months of dating and stuff. You made so. that dude wait six months. Hell yes. Wow. That I, that guy needs to. I gotta take my hat off to that guy. That's some effort. That's some goddamn <laughs> effort. You that wasn't too bad. That's not embarrassing. Him talking to his uh, his friends and they're like, dude, you get there yet? No, but just five more months, man. I'm just well. There wasn't a time on it. I didn't tell him like, oh, at the six no, month not, mark, not you'll you, get but it. I know, but I mean, for a guy, you're like, oh my god, the clock is ticking. <laughs> Keep taking me out to dinner. <laughs> I'll let you know. And let's keep street racing. That's right. Oh, that guy. Yeah, the same guy. Oh, the street racing guy. Yeah. That's two reasons your dad would have killed him. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So the next one is just a yes or no, and then we can be done and we'll say our goodbyes. And you don't have to answer if you don't want to. It's could, just yes or no. It's just yes or no. It could implicate you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who else out there? Okay. Okay. Got to be careful now. Right. Um, this is Yeah, from, my children are listening. Uh, the, your children don't listen to this shit. They don't <laughs> care what we say. Um, my brother could be listening. Oh, your brother's going to think you're just badass all the way through. That's all. Okay. Your sister is going to be shitting a purple Twinkie right now going, Oh my God, I can't believe her. Can she? Cause you, you know what though? Your I sister and lived. you are opposite. I can say I have lived. Yes, you have. So I'm fine with that. But your sister and you are complete opposites. That is correct. I guarantee she never went street racing. I promise you. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I All have right. no idea. So your question, and this could implicate you, so you don't have to say yes or no. You can just pass. We already asked if I someone- I take the fifth. You can. <laughs> yes, and you might want to. Okay. okay. So here it is. And, uh, and then we're done. And the interview's over. Um, 
we already talked about if someone came knocking at the door, a celebrity or something, who would you run away with for the weekend? Like I had to let you go as your husband because right. it's, it's the celebrity. It's Sean Connery or whoever you picked. Yep, sorry, can't say no. Right. And you'd run away for the weekend with them, no questions asked. Now, Understood. That was celebrity, singer, TV star. What one person would you run away with for the weekend that you know <laughs> and there's, and there's she's crickets. staring right at me. She's got, she's literally biting her lip right now, staring at me like, how do I say anything? I think I'm just going to keep that to myself. Okay, just so you know, <laughs> out of like the 20 to 23 people that wrote that, um, I, I changed it to who would it be? Um, I bet half of them already had a name filled in. Would she run away with this guy? And I didn't. I didn't bring it up. I left it alone. Who would they know the guy? If I say, then you have to answer. Okay. Doctor McDreamy. Oh, I figured that's what they were talking about. Um. This is not the dead air you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> when I go away with him for a week. The fact that you're hesitating says a lot. Because you didn't just say no. No. I mean, hmm. <laughs> Life. <laughs> what was that? Huh. <laughs> you got these little girl noises coming out of you now. You're, and you're literally staring out the window. Uh, hello, over here across the table. Uh, I'm, I'm just contemplating that thought. Life takes funny curves, so I, you know. All right, so what you're saying is it's time to say goodbye. Yes. And we're going to have to go. I'm going to leave that to everybody's imagination. All right. And mine too. <laughs> and, and, and Dr. McDreamy's. Yeah. All right, so listen, um, this is coming to the end of the podcast. This is the one you guys have all been waiting for. It obviously did not drop on a Thursday like planned, but life has been hectic and things have been going on. But Boy, I hope soon- I did okay. Oh, th- they will judge you. We will get emails. I'm going to get they, judged. They I, will you know judge what? you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am who I am. I've lived a good life. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so, the, the thing is, is that everybody that knows you that is still madly in love with you, myself included, <laughs> we love the person you are now. You could not have been this person had you not taken the turns That's you true. did. That's true. That back when you said, I wonder if I should turn left when I should have turned right. Right. What does it matter? Because it brought you to where you are right now. That is correct. All right. So, Gen X Mom, tell everyone goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to my crazy life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was the main gist of it is that we wanted to get all the questions out that the fans had asked. They asked some of me. They were pretty boring. They asked some of the Gen Z kid. He made his answers interesting, which we were all very happy about. And the one you've been bugging me about for Gen X mom, these are the questions you've asked. I couldn't ask all of them. There was thousands of questions, oh but I narrowed it down to the topics that I thought were pertinent about her timeline and a little bit about the things that shaped who she was. So I'm telling you goodbye. The kid's not in the in the program right now. Now he's I, I interviewed myself, I interviewed him, and now I interviewed Gen X Mom. The one that comes after that is a is a much more fun podcast, I can assure you. <laughs> so from everyone here at Gen X Talks, the music is now coming up. Wanna Hi, everyone. Rem- Want to remind you that if you're listening all around the world, um, we appreciate you. If you listen on the AM, FM radio, XM, Sirius Satellite, or anywhere on the Armed Service Radio Network, We want to wish you guys a good evening, a good afternoon, and good morning, depending on which order of life you're living. And we'll catch you guys all on the flip side.